We have to talk about consciousness. Our life is actually a midpoint between the two deaths. To use the sexual energy in order to achieve enlightenment. The three-dimensional spiral shape encoded in our DNA, in our biology. Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the Discomfort Zone podcast. Uh, I'm as always Olev, it's a pleasure to be here and thank you Rondon for joining me on this special eve, Christmas Eve. Um, I'm uh, not expecting too many live listeners in the uh, chat. Uh, hopefully you're all out celebrating somewhere, but for those listening to this on a... Uh, on another day at a later recording, then uh, we're going to have another great show. But I thought um, since, well, it's a rather special uh, date and occasion. And, uh, oh, Gecko, hi, great to have you here. Glad you could join us nonetheless. Um, I was just saying that this episode, I thought we'd take a break from the main Drunvalok narrative to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on and really the dates and uh, times that we're in right now. Sorry, I was messing around with the green screen a little bit, so it might be jumping. I've got a bit of a new setup that I'm trying out, but uh, well, bear with me, bear with me. It's all good. We'll, uh, we'll get there in the end. Um, yeah, so I, I, I've got a few things that I wanted to talk about and a few interesting sort of uh, yeah, dates and uh, times to go over. Um, but I'd also love uh, if uh, in chat you uh, yeah have anything to add. This is a more sort of uh, you know free flowing form um, and less uh, less meticulous maybe than uh, than usual. But I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. Um, and uh, yeah, let's uh, without further ado, let's jump right in. I'm sorry for the uh, just a few setups that I'm doing. Okay, I think that's good. So this is really the end of 2020, and when I was thinking about. Uh, summing up 2020, it's rather a, a big one. It seems to be a, a very unique uh, year in our modern history and one that certainly has changed the world uh, quite a lot throughout. Let me just readjust here. Sorry about that. Okay. And uh, there's obviously a lot to talk about. There's obviously a lot of, you know, world-changing events that have taken place. But I thought actually to start uh, somewhere else, which is that this is, well, today is uh, Christmas Eve, and this week was the winter solstice, the 21st, and uh, next week is really the new year, um, the 1st of January. And so we have a lot of these dates that are running around with uh, different uh, significance to different people. And I thought that would be a good place to sort of start from, especially when examining 2020 and uh, what the meaning of it or what we can glean from it to try and uh, move forward. Um, really, I started by considering the fact that we use a Gregorian calendar. And in the Gregorian calendar, we celebrate the new year in January. For those who don't know, uh, January is still um, the, the serious months of winter. Uh, in fact, the harder months uh, to come. And it's interesting because I didn't actually realize this, but when I was researching for the episode, I've always called it the Gregorian calendar. That's the known term. Um, but the Gregorian calendar is a very uh, relatively small, although meaningful, uh, adjustment. 
and it was an adjustment made to the Julian calendar, which came before. And so all the Gregorian calendar added was the uh, sort of a slightly more accurate counting of the leap year, um, the added sort of quarter day, uh, which is added every four years as a whole day, in order to adjust for the slight uh, difference in uh, the number of days in a year. So maybe just to clear this up, because it might be a bit much if you've never heard of it, we know that a year has 365 days, but it actually has 365 and a quarter. Um, and that was considered uh, the truth with the, the Julian calendar. And then it was discovered a few centuries later that that quarter is not actually precise enough. So they sort of added, uh, uh, I can't remember, three quarters of a, of a uh, 0.075 of a day. I'm not sure how to <laughs> make that into fractions, but it's like three quarters of the quarter of the, uh, of the, of the day that they added. So it was a slight adjustment. Um, ah, yeah, well, the lunar, uh, Rondon asks if we've heard of the lunar calendar. I don't believe there's only one because I think um, lunar calendar is sort of a, a type of calendar, which, as its name suggests, counts the uh, days of the moon, the cycles of the moon, um, and relates that. Uh, the, the, the Muslim faith uh, uses a lunar calendar. Um, a solar calendar for in in you know contrasting that is the calendar that follows the cycle of the sun the 365 days and a quarter relate to how long it takes the sun to go around the earth um and then there are other calendars i know i, I don't know much about it but i know that in the jewish faith the calendar actually sort of um tries to take both of those into account and so there's a lunar calendar which dictates the months and sort of the beginning of the month which is in a, a religious event um, and then there's a solar calendar which dictates the overall year um, and how long it it, um, it actually takes and when to start counting so yeah there's a there's interesting uh, uh, ways of counting time and in fact although i know close to nothing about it i know that the chinese calendar which is very very different and is uh i think it's a sort of constant measurement as opposed to relating or sort of um, adjusting for the solar year and that's why it sort of keeps changing but it's a constant measurement of time and they have uh, i think five days in a week and 361 i can't remember exactly but uh it's it's a very interesting a very different take on the measurement of time than we have here on the, in the west um you just heard of it because a guy trying to recreate the ah the antikythera uh, mechanism and they assumed it was the gregorian calendar they were measuring um Interesting. The I I is that the YouTube? There's a guy on YouTube now who's sort of recreating all of these ancient mechanisms to build the Antikith uh, Antikythera. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I've only seen it written. Um, yeah, if that's the guy that I I think of, uh, he's sort of yeah he's <laughs> floated into my YouTube um, suggestions. I watched it. It's very interesting. Um, I see. So yeah, the the the. Well, that's the thing. As I was sort of investigating this very, very slightly, um, I found that the Gregorian calendar was a slight adjustment to the Julian calendar, which was in and of itself an adjustment to the Roman original calendar, or not original, but the Roman calendar, um, which was even more distorted. And uh, I think it didn't have any leap year and it ended up um, a few sort of festivals and celebrations were um, resulting uh, very far off from their seasonal uh, time. And that was really, well, that was what's interesting for me because that's what got me 
thinking about this in the first place. This idea that you celebrate the beginning of a new year um, really in the middle of winter, or at the beginning of winter as it were. And it, it doesn't really make sense. And in all of the uh, sort of, you know, pagan rituals and all of the other um, religions, uh, the, the the month that signified the beginning of the rebirth, um, you know, the start of a new year was March, or the season was spring, um, which is the season that really does signify very clearly uh, for us this sort of rebirth after coming from the death of uh, winter. And so there's an interesting clue that we have in the Gregorian calendar that suggests this, which is actually, this was the first I'd uh, heard and noticed um, this thing, which we have these months, you know, January, February, etc. And then we get to September. I think there are others because August is also, but September and October and November and December. And for those of you who are uh, fluent enough in Latin, you might notice, or indeed in uh, one of the uh, Roman languages like uh, uh, French um, is pretty much almost exactly. Uh, sept is the ninth month in our Gregorian calendar, but it means uh, seven, sept. Uh, oct, um, like octopus, means eight, and it's the tenth month. Uh, nov means nine, the eleventh, and des, as in decimal, means ten, and it's the twelfth month. So we have this shift of two months between the names and the original Roman names of the uh, months um, and their, their sort of metric, the, the number that they are assigned to uh, today. So that was sort of what began me on um, thinking about the calendar, the Gregorian calendar specifically, which is a very uh, sort of late edition and a very... Um, it tries to be as accurate and scientific as possible, and it doesn't allow for uh, what used to be considered more common among ancient religions and tribes, which was observation, uh, which would lead to the decision of what date it was. And so in the Jewish faith, uh, that's that's what occurs. I believe in the Christian faith in the origin in the you know Roman times, uh, in the Roman Catholic Church, I think there was also a, a similar practice. I'm not sure. Um, but definitely around the world in pagan rituals, uh, you would have people um, who were assigned to watch the skies and watch the stars and watch uh, the motion. And uh, they would have these uh, signs that would let people know that this is the uh, the season or the date that's coming, and that would be the deciding factor. Um, in the Jewish faith, it's really based on uh, the moon. And you would have two witnesses who had uh, cited the moon uh, as, a, as a new moon or, or whatever it was that was uh, deciding, and they would have to go and testify in the Jewish court um, in order to announce the beginning of the new month and therefore the dates for the festivals, etc. And so this, uh, these ideas are sort of two conflicting ideas in a way. Oh, Lax, good of you to join us. Welcome. Uh, Merry Christmas uh, or Happy Christmas, depending on where you're from. And so this, uh, these two conflicting ideas of having a, an exact measurement which is constant and allows to sort of um, correct itself uh, and there, therefore stay as accurate as possible versus this very, very fluid, um, you know, undecided, <laughs> happy Mary, <laughs> um, sort of constantly observing um, in order to decide when the dates were occurring. And so... We're going to talk about that a little more soon, but before we do, we have to mention something else. Um, 
So just to sum up that sort of idea for me, at least, that uh, in, in the way that I see it, we have this Gregorian calendar, which is measuring um, as close to an accurate measurement of a solar year as possible. Um, and indeed, if you're interested in this subject, you'll find that with, you know, the atomic age and uh, much more precise measurements and technological abilities, um, they have been sort of trying to perfect this um, measurement of time to within, you know, the, the mean seconds of a solar year and, you know, get it as exact and precise as possible. Um, and there are, there, are, there are many problems that occur. The real problem that happens is that uh, time, or the way we measure time, as it were, uh, is changing when it comes to a solar year, meaning the solar year is determined by the rotation of the Earth, um, and the orbit of the Earth around the Sun. So if you're taking these two measurements, um, the amount of time it takes the Sun to the, sorry, the Earth to revolve around the Sun, along with the number of rotations the Earth makes during that time, um, you find that the Earth is actually slowing down over time. And so this leads to a, a change in the measurements when you're talking about vast uh, amounts of time that are passing. Uh, you find that it's actually impossible to be completely accurate. Um, oh, vaccines cause avian flu. Welcome, welcome. Oh, and Savoy's photo. I didn't even see you were here. Pleasure to have you here. Merry New Year. <laughs> Merry Clickmas. <laughs> Very nice. Where? Oh, you're not in chat. And Archangel Gabriel. Gosh, how did I miss all of these wonderful people joining us? Welcome. It's a pleasure to have you. We're just talking about, uh, yeah, Christmas, calendars, time, etc. Merry clickbait to you all. Ah, oh, wonderful. Um, yeah, so, <clears throat> sorry, the, 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 the idea of trying to find the absolute exact measurement is something that uh, we sort of came across in our um, investigation into quantum mechanics and the quantum theories where we have this, uh, this term called, I'm, I'm pretty sure we covered it in one of our, in one of the episodes over quantum mechanics. You can go back and check, um, but I think it, we talked about it there. Um, there's uh, a principle called Eisenberg's uncertainty uncertainty principle. Sorry, that's a mouthful. Um, and Eisenberg's uncertainty principle really says that uh, when it comes to electrons, sort of the, as it were, smallest pieces that we can measure, the smallest parts of the reality, um, you can't measure um, their exact, as it were, location in space-time. Um, and this gets very weird and off topic, but it's another uh, example that shows that as humanity with its scientific mindset is trying to be as precise, exact, clear-cut, um, constant as possible, when we get to the absolute edge of our abilities, we keep uh, banging up against this wall where reality isn't a constant, it isn't um, an exact, it's much more sort of messy, and, and uh, uh, um, almost random than scientists would like it to be. And so uh, we, we're going to come back to that in a, in a moment. Oh, wow, lots of people in chat today. I was, I was sure we wouldn't be, it wouldn't be anyone. It would just be here, uh, me alone. Alien Honey and uh, Darsico, welcome, welcome. And Foxcoit, lovely to have you over the, over the web. Um, well, it's as safe as always to come in, you know, with, with me. There's a, it, it is called the discomfort zone after all, but you are more than welcome to come. Um, yeah, so all of this talk is really on the uh, Gregorian calendar, the Western calendar, the scientific mindset, which is trying to get to this 
accuracy. And then we have uh, the other extreme, as it were, the other side of the coin, which is, yes, I actually wasn't sure there was going to be an audience today, so I'm, uh, I'm glad you came. Um, but yes, I'm here as always. I, uh, I'll talk about it in a moment, but we actually celebrated the uh, winter solstice uh, this week. That's my that's my celebration of the uh, of the season of the time, um, and that's uh, really the next topic. So I'm glad you uh, mentioned it. Well, did I actually lean into it? But uh, the other side, as I was saying, is really astrology. The uh, although astrology is sort of um, taken to be mathematical, scientific measurements, it's not just uh, uh, sort of I don't know willy nilly. But nonetheless, it certainly leans towards the more interpretive side, the less um, precise and more fluid side of things, more intuitive, I should say. And we've spoken about astrology many times in the show so far, so I don't think we need another uh, introduction of what I mean by it. Um, but these are very interesting times because we've mentioned uh, them before, and indeed they're important dates, the winter solstice and the winter solstice, um, if you uh, don't recall, is sort of the, well, it's the shortest day of the year, or the longest night, and it occurs um, on the 21st of December at the end of uh, um, autumn, really and truly, because autumn sort of, uh, even though the seasons change, and as we said, they're not according to the Gregorian calendar in that sense, um, but nonetheless, we sort of consider the four chunks of three months each, um, and sort of, uh, you know, beginning uh, around September the 21st and ending around uh, the 21st of December. And then the winter months are sort of December until March, and then the 21st of March is sort of the beginning of spring. So we take these four chunks, these four seasons, and in their significance, at least uh, for me, at least, uh, for me, they have a much stronger impact on my life than the you know, celebration of New Year's on January the 1st, because they really do come with the seasonal changes in the reality that we see around us. And so uh, this the, the Christmas Eve and New Year's are very, very celebratory, very happy occasions. Um, and yet, <laughs> I don't know how it's been for you, but these this past week and these past few uh, weeks actually have been very, very hectic over here. And it, it, I do recall last winter also, and there's something about winter solstice that it's uh, called, you know, the darkest night of the year. Um, it always seems to be this this peak, this pinnacle of sort of, uh, um, yeah, just tough times and times that are very, you know, uh, the weather obviously adds to it as well. Less sunlight means you have less time to do things, less energy. It's very much a sort of hibernation uh, time for all mammals and animals. Um, and it, it, it certainly has been this year for me. I mean, it's a, it was a, the solstice itself was nice because we celebrated, but in and around it, my son was, uh, was ill and, uh, it takes a lot out of us. And then there's lots of things going on, which are good things. It's been just very, very hectic and very, very, yeah, harrowing. That's a great word. That's nice. I'm glad you said that. Anyone else in chat? feel uh, not maybe as extreme, but uh, can relate in some way. Because I, I have been speaking to people, and a lot of people have mentioned that this time has just been very difficult, and just been feeling like being either pushed to the edge, or you sort of have to use all of your energy to sort of keep your head above the water. Um, it takes a lot out of you. And this is obviously the, the real significance of the darkest night, the dead of winter, the 
the coldest and, uh, you know, toughest time of the year um, before the spring comes when the sun is the furthest away from it. And on the solstice itself, there was another very uh, interesting and, uh, you know, important event, astrologically speaking, astronomically as well, which is the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn. Um, yes, <laughs> like that likes. If 2020 was a test, then December was definitely the final. <laughs> that is a great summation. Um, absolutely. So the conjunction between Jupiter and uh, Saturn is a very you know important event. And I am not an astrologer. I haven't made any charts. I haven't calculated anything. Um, you know, I've, I've read up a little bit about what people are saying, but I wanted to be clear that my approach, I thought this would be a good opportunity sort of to test um, what I'm claiming uh, throughout this podcast to a certain degree, which is not to necessarily, you know, get all of the details and understand um, coherently what's going on, but using pattern recognition, trying to take some of the things um, that we see as patterns, as general, you know, ideas, and implementing them uh, in this uh, in this instance, and so we're going to try and do that together now, and we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, the whole year, absolutely, uh, as a whole, and then December has been this kind of culmination, and yeah, putting it all to the test, definitely. Um, so we have these two planets, J Jupiter and Saturn, and the general understandings of sort of uh, when we spoke about the planets, we saw that each planet has many many. Um, applications or, or many sort of ideas that go along with it. Well, we might call it tones. And so uh, Jupiter is known as the great benefactor, a very positive force. Um, it's It's got a lot of different images that can go along with it. The wise old man, uh, the fatherly figure in, in the positive sense, um, you know, the bringer of good and good luck, um, the sensible and sort of, uh, you know, mature type. Um, and of course, it also uh, can connect to different things, the different colors, uh, different uh, signs that go with it, um, the different chakras, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but generally speaking, we can see it in all of astrology. It's sort of accepted that it's called the great benefactor. It's generally a good, positive influence that comes in. Um, and then on the opposite side of that, we have Saturn. And Saturn is uh, is known as sort of the great Maleficent, the uh, polar opposite. Um, and it's uh, it really is sort of, <laughs> it, often it can be seen as a negative uh, planet, a negative force. And that's not entirely accurate because uh, as with Jupiter, there's no uh, absolutely negative or absolutely positive. Um, everything is sort of a combination and depends on how you use it, how you apply it. But certainly it is connected with, uh, you know, death and destruction and uh, um, sort of uh, uh, biding its time, the long, vengeful event, very karmatic, you know, the, 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 the things that you've done, which will, um, the things that you've reaped, sorry, the things that you've sowed, which will be reaped, are reaped by uh, Saturn, uh, the, the Grim Reaper, and all of that imagery comes from uh, the rings, etc. So that's the sort of general connotation of Saturn. Now, again, this isn't a negative thing in and of itself, because as with the, the you know, the chakra system or the colors, the sounds, etc., etc., it's all uh, on a certain scale. It's all part of what makes up this reality. Um, but nonetheless, when they are both in conjunction, conjunction 
um, and this happens uh, every decade, um, they are sort of uh, these two polar forces that come into play. Conjunction, for those who don't know, the astrological term means that they sort of come close together and uh, almost like an eclipse. Um, and this is an astronomical event as well. It's talked about. You can see videos of it. It was on the solstice, on the winter solstice. And if we try and think um, for what we uh, learned and what we know about all of these different forces, we can see that this is a very sort of yin and yang um, dynamic uh, situation. And Jupiter symbolizes sort of the bringer of new, fresh air, new life. Um, and Saturn is sort of the old, the dying, uh, the thing that came before. And the winter solstice, uh, interestingly, is the shifting point. It's the point where we cross over from uh, the, the days getting shorter, uh, you know, winter getting colder, as it were, the sun getting further away, um, moving towards the absolute low point in that arc of the sun, not arc, the wave of the sun in the sky. Um, and the winter solstice is the lowest point. And so although it is one of the toughest ones and it's uh, sort of, you know, the, the darkest hour, um, it also symbolizes the change that is coming um, and the rebirth or, or new beginnings uh, that can be symbolized by this uh, flip in the polar um, sort of uh, which of these sides is more acting at this at this time. So when we think about it like that, for me at least, I would like to hope that uh, with 2020 and all that it's brought uh, to everyone, uh, December was definitely, you know, the final uh, straw, as it were. But uh, I, I do see the conjunction as being a symbol, along with the winter solstice, of the change that's coming. And from here, uh, things, the light starts to come back, the warmth, you know, the days start to get longer, etc., etc. Um, but, of course, as we said uh, last week, these aren't events that are simply um, uh, sort of in an instant, momentary, and uh, the change is affected. But this is a symbol of uh, sort of the peak and as we're moving back, it starts to gain momentum. Um, very much like the seasons, this isn't, uh, you know, tomorrow it's actually not going to be uh, any warmer, but we are starting our uh, ascent back towards the sun. And so uh, to, to sort of sum this up, I uh, found uh, a very nice piece that I liked. I'm actually going to try, while I'm doing this, to uh, add the link to uh, chat so that you can uh, see the original if you'd like. Yeah, that should be it. Um, but I'm just going to read a small excerpt from it for you now because I, I like the way it was um, was worded. Anyway, so we're talking about the uh, conjunction between Jupiter and uh, Saturn. And it says, while Jupiter signifies generosity and fortunate opportunities, it can also lead to egoic greed and delusions of grandeur that require the contemplative focus of Saturn to trim the excess and strengthen what is ready to ripen. So just to recap, um, the emphasis here is that although there are, you know, positive and negative, there are uh, forces that are going through our lives, it always comes down to uh, balance. And whenever you have an excess of one thing, it needs to be balanced um, with the polar opposite of that. And so the wonderful example is that starting with Jupiter, when you know, uh, maybe this isn't the best example for us now, but when things are going your way, when you're feeling good about yourself, there is always that danger of going too far, of 
you know, thinking you're infallible or thinking you're uh, more deserving or better or more capable uh, than you actually are. And I know that for me, this is a uh, very, very common trap that I uh, fall into. Um, and luckily, we have Saturn that is there as a more sort of serious and humbling and uh, a reminder for us of our place and of our mortality and of our limitations, as it were. So if you have too much of one, if you are reminding someone who is lacking in self-confidence of their limitations, you'll actually be uh, harming more than uh, helping. Um, so obviously this is all uh, on an individual basis and it's up to us to sort of find where we are and what the work we have to do is. Um, and uh, the article goes on to say, at the same time, we need the inspirational revitalization of Jupiter to mediate the negative side of Saturn that can bring fear over limitations and obstacles and lead to depressive stagnation. And I, uh, I really felt um, that that related for me to sort of 2020 on a, on a more global scale. I don't think um, in my life particularly, my challenges have been slightly different than I think the challenges that most of the world uh, is going through in relation to uh, COVID. Um, I do see a lot of, you know, fear going through and this was uh, relates to many different subjects and a lot of uh, polarization that's been going on for a long time and the uh, the pandemic has seemed to have pushed it into overdrive in a lot of different ways um, but nonetheless uh, it's important for us to remember yes that sort of revitalization and you, you we I see I think we all sort of see there is this uh, new uh, wave um, this this change that seems to be taking hold not uh, completely and not overnight again and again but um, if you look at the the hippie movement which I, we've spoken about in an early episode the actual numbers of the people uh, of that movement were very very small um, it wasn't only about the numbers it was also about um, you know how vocal and how much attention um, and if we take, for example, right now, the uh, anti-vaccination movement has been uh, gaining momentum and gaining strength um, over the past few years. But nonetheless, it's the, definitely this pandemic which is pushing it into overdrive. Uh, both people who are uh, against anti-vaxxers um, are sort of even more pushed towards this and towards the fact that these people are now dangerous. They need to be dealt with. Um, you know, I saw an episode, I, uh, I saw the news of uh, Israel talking about this and, uh, you know, a lot of people really feel that it is within the uh, legitimate right of the government to enforce medical, you know, procedures um, because so many people are at risk because this pandemic has pushed us all into, you know, such a, a fearful state. Um, well, not all of us, but some of us, I should say. Um and so, obviously, on the you know, as just one of the examples that uh, this this pandemic has brought about, it's important for us to I think remember to bring the lighter side of things and to remember to balance out all of that uh, fear, negativity, and anxiety. Um, and indeed, in the uh, article uh, they mention, and I I feel very strongly with that a lot of that can come from a sense of purpose and a sense of some kind of uh, spiritual significance or something beyond this material uh, existence which is so threatened at this point. It's, um, it's sort of very easy when all of the, when the rug is pulled from underneath, when everything has lost uh, its meaning, its momentum to sort of um, think that that's it and to find it difficult 
to find a new purpose and you know as some people say even to find a reason to get out of bed in the morning um and it's at these times that it's even more important for us to remember uh, to find that extra uh, meaning whatever it is for us um, so if you haven't i hope that you do and if you have then i hope you uh, continue to hold on to it um as it is a very uh, a very powerful uh, tool uh, feeling of purpose and meaning so i don't want to go too much and i see it's already 10 30 i was expecting to have uh, much more time anyway we'll move along forward because it is after all christmas eve and i wanted to talk a little bit about christmas now i should uh, start by saying that if you are a, a devout christian and uh, take christmas very seriously well, then perhaps this isn't the podcast for you. Um, but also, uh, I, I do intend to give my uh, take, or not mine, but a different take on Christmas, which I would imagine most of the people in chat are quite well aware of. So we'll uh, hopefully get quite deep into it. Um, but yeah, if you're listening to this on Christmas Eve, then you're probably, you know, not that into it anyway. No, I'm joking. What are you guys doing? Are you not celebrating somewhere with family and friends? Or is everyone in lockdown? Ah. I'm sorry, I'm very ignorant when it comes to Christmas celebrations. I'm uh, pretty much completely uh, sort of Hollywood taught about Christmas. Um, just uh, growing up Jewish, you know, Christmas is a sort of a big no-no. Um, in, our, in our family, we certainly never had anything. And not anymore, I shouldn't say that it's sort of, you know, but there, there is a certain antagonism uh, towards it, I feel. And uh, uh, yes, yeah, oh. Interesting uh, link that uh, Archangel Gabriel put um, etymological tracing of Jupiter through Judaic traditions. Jupiter is believed to be uh, by many in um, uh, Sitchin uh, as well um, the, the 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 Anunnaki of uh, uh, Jehovah, the the origin of the uh, that deity. Uh, but we won't get into that now. <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, Oh no! Yeah, so it is no visitors. Well, I'm I'm very very lucky and happy to have you here with with me, um, and I hope you are uh, entertained even slightly. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I we haven't actually had a lockdown because to be honest, we've got a young kid and a lot of things to do. So I've been locked in anyway, <laughs> not really seeing anyone, just working hard. But uh, yeah, no, it can be tough. So I hope you're all doing what you can to enjoy and uh, make the most of it while while we're in this situation. Um, I'm I'm going to get moving because there's a happy ending that I want to reach, and I hope uh, we will. Um, oh, you had Christmas last night. Oh, that's wonderful. Wait, is that uh... ah from Melbourne? Okay, wow, that's a clever way to do it. Um... <laughs> Yes, Rondon, that, that I can definitely support. Um, he wants to throw a big party just because he's not supposed to. I should add to the listeners. Okay. But here is my take on Christmas Eve and our partying. Um, it's not actually mine, obviously, but the Christmas tradition, as many know today, is uh, started as a pagan tradition. And indeed, um, looking at the winter solstice, I mean, regardless of, you know... Uh, the, the, the Christian traditions of what it means, etc. Um, I want to focus more on the pagan traditions and what they uh, talk about. And the time of Christmas is supposed to symbolize a very special time, not just because of the uh, the dead of winter and the solstice, etc., etc., 
but also um, it, it was to celebrate a certain uh, mushroom. And I should say that this theory is uh, sort of, uh, it's a relatively well-known theory, but it's not, I think, uh, considered the only one. So this is a, a, this is a hypothesis, okay? Uh, take it as you will. This was also from a time that I was very into uh, psychedelics and uh, there's there's a lot of uh, things that people have talked about there's a lot of there's a theory that Jesus was a, a magic mushroom and you know a lot of crazy stuff out there interesting stuff but for our purposes um, when we talk about Christmas really one of the uh, mushrooms that's mentioned is the Amanita muscaria and it's funny because Amanita muscaria is a is a very very unusual uh, mushroom if you go on uh, trip reports, uh, reading uh, people who, um, you know, take a certain substance and then uh, write a blog basically describing what they went through, uh, the Amanita muscaria reports are very, very varied uh, and interesting because some people, uh, a lot, it's about 50%, I would say, at least from what I've experienced, 50% of people say they experience absolutely nothing. And I'm not talking about low dosage, uh, that it could have been not enough, but people who've taken larger doses and people who have experience with psychedelics, etc., etc. Um, and 50% of people talk about it as being the strongest psychedelic out there. So I'm not, I actually haven't taken uh, Amanita muscaria ever, and I believe that there is a certain way to prepare it that it's not psychoactive um, as is picked from the ground. And that could be a reason for why so many people don't experience anything. Um, but it's it's just an interesting. It's rather uncommon. Usually, with with these substances, even if you have very very different experiences, um, you know you pretty much have a consistent sort of uh, amount that will guarantee you to have some kind of experience, one kind or another. Um, so when it comes to Amanita muscaria, one of the uh, reasons that it's sort of considered is it's interesting. It's a very unknown mushroom by name or at least to some people. But growing up, this is probably the most famous mushroom that we uh, see. Um, it's the, for those who don't know, it's the red cap with white spots on it. And that sort of very Alice in Wonderland cartoonish mushroom that really looks like it's made up. Um, but it's a, it's a fascinating mushroom in and of itself. And what uh, Terence McKenna uh, talks about, um, yeah, 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 okay, so I'm, I've got a few people in chat who <laughs> are ahead of me already. Um, I just want to catch up and see. Yeah. Mushrooms will, yeah. So enjoy. Excellent. Okay. Sorry. Uh, the words psychedelic and drugs don't go together. Absolutely. I, uh, I think I said substances, and I mean substances because they're sort of chemical compounds. So when we talk about armenia we actually don't know all of the chemical compounds that go into it, or at least they're, they're probably listed somewhere, but there's a lot of different alkaloids uh, that are in play and a lot of different ones uh, in different amounts uh, in different mushrooms. So it's an interesting one, as opposed to psilocybcubenesis, where the active uh, alkaloids are, um, oh my God, psilocybin and, I've forgotten the other one. What's the other one? Psilocybin and psilocin. Um, when it comes to Amanita muscaria, from what I know, there are many different substances. But yeah, I'm talking about uh, psychedelics um, specifically. And so when you look through uh, these things, uh, there's a lot of descriptions of this time when the Amanita muscaria are um, prolific. That's when they're sort of growing, and it's close to this time. 
And according to a few traditions, but Terence McKenna is probably the most famous who uh, who uh, mentions it. Um, what would happen was that if you ate the Amanita muscaria as is, the people wouldn't have a, an experience. And what they would need was they would need um, it to be sort of digested. And the reindeer of the area would actually come and eat um, mushrooms and... Uh, they enjoyed them just for themselves and it's not clear if they had any kind of experience um, but they would eat those mushrooms and then they would uh, urinate and what they said was that they would sort of catch the urine and from what I understand they would usually urinate in the snow and so you could take that and uh, let it sort of uh, melt down um, and then as uh, as uh, bizarre as this may sound what's claimed is that they would um, each drink the urine and then pass it themselves. And then each uh, time that the mushrooms would go through the digestive tract of one of the drinkers, it would actually be um, uh, distilled and become more potent, as it were. And so uh, it's it's a very far out theory, but it seems to be backed up by uh, uh, quite a bit of research. Um, this is obviously in ancient times with shamanic tribes who were using these psychedelics as a part of their spiritual practice. Um, but this time of year sig um, symbolized that there was this um, incredible teaching mushroom out there that they could partake in. And then all of these symbols that we have with Christmas, uh, if it's the flying reindeer, which we can associate with, you know, reindeer partaking of psychedelic mushrooms or people taking psychedelic mushrooms and then looking at reindeer, um, the green uh, and red and white colors, which are the fern, is it called? Oh my gosh, I believe it is, the Christmas tree. Correct me please if I'm wrong. Um, that was growing in the Amanita muscaria would grow underneath it. And so that would symbolize where you could find it. And then uh, obviously the red and white for the uh, Amanita muscaria and the uh, presents sort of left um, in a pile uh, symbolizing the mushroom patch uh, flush, as it were. So uh, that's just a little bit about uh, the origin for Christmas and what I at least take uh, to be more sort of meaningful for me where so many of these traditions seem to be uh, seem to have been related to psychedelic experiences that were then uh, pretty much, you know, stopped out during the crusades of the various uh, invaders that uh, reached these places and sort of changed uh, the traditions. So uh, if you've never heard of this before, and if you're interested, yeah, I would recommend um, checking out. There's a lot of information about it. If you just type in uh, Christmas Amanita, uh, <laughs> that should be enough. If you go on YouTube, there's a lot of stuff on it. Um, just because I see that we're getting close to the end, and I would like to uh, uh, mention a few things to end on a slightly happier note than we have been talking so far. Um, but I did want to say, because I saw fleeting in chat, um, vaccines, uh, talking about Joe Rogan, talking about anti-vaxxers. Uh, it's interesting because, I uh, look, here's the thing. I think that, I, I want to talk about this just for a very, very quick moment because it's come up and it's it's an interesting topic for me. I have a son. Um, we didn't vaccinate him at all. Uh, I should say we haven't vaccinated him yet. Um, he's uh, not yet two, let's say. Um, and I have had this discussion with many, many people, obviously, before he was born and certainly after, both with family and with friends, about 
this debate. And it seems that there is once again this uh, extreme polarization of vaxxers, anti-vaxxers, and that's it. You're either with us or against us, and it's a very sort of clear-cut um, discussion. And I, I think that might be part of the problem, because if you get right down to it, um, you know, there have been people who have been vaccinated who are fine, and there have been people who have been vaccinated who were harmed by it. I'm not even talking about which vaccines and what years and whatever. Those are two uh, undeniable facts. There is there is evidence of both. And that means that there is a, uh, a debate that should happen. And as soon as the debate is shut down by saying either you agree to all vaccines unquestioningly, and we're putting five vaccines into one syringe now, and there's no way to separate them, um, or you are completely against any vaccine in the history of her, and the idea of vaccines is, uh, you know, uh, deplorable. And those two extremes, for me at least, you know, I, 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 I admit, I would be very, very hard for me to allow my son to get vaccinated. I'm wrestling with the idea. Um, I do think that there are some vaccines that could be beneficial. I do believe that uh, it's hard for me to say that I'm so knowledgeable that I know 100% that every single vaccine out there is, uh, you know, harmful. But at the same time, it would be very, very difficult for me to sort of decide and choose. So I'm, although I have not vaccinated my son, I am vaccinated myself, uh, and I still haven't decided exactly what to do. So I, I want to be clear about the fact that I'm kind of on the fence, <laughs> leaning much more towards unvaccinated, but still definitely on the fence. Um Yes, and I, I don't want to dismiss for a moment many, many people. I, I, I believe personally, I know there's some debate, but I don't think uh, that there's debate about everyone. Uh, people have been harmed by vaccines. And to say unquestioningly that any vaccine that's offered is fine, and even vaccines that have been rushed through production that haven't been tested in the same way, that they're absolutely uh, equal to other vaccines is, 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 is a ridiculous statement. It's a really, uh, I think it's a difficult case to be made intelligently. Um, however, I do just want to say, in regard to your comments, uh, vaccines cause avian flu, well, yeah, your name really does, now that I think about it, say it all. Um, but Joe Rogan has spoken to a few people and he had Ron Funches on. Now, for those of you who don't know, Ron Funches is a, a pretty well-known comedian. He has an autistic son. And I have heard him uh, talk about it a lot. And he's a big representative of the autistic community, as, as can be expected. But I'd only ever heard this once on the Joe Rogan podcast, where he said that he took his son to be vaccinated, and he was absolutely fine before. And it was only after the vaccine that, uh, that any problems started and that he'd completely sort of shut down. They assumed it would take a few days for him to sort of bounce back, and he just never did. Um, and And... When Joe Rogan heard this from Ron Funches talking about his son, um, you could tell that he was sort of, he would like to get answers for that. I'm not saying that he's now anti-vaxxer, I'm not saying that he's whatever, but but I was, I was uh, sort of pleasantly surprised. I think Joe Rogan wouldn't, uh, wouldn't hesitate to be dismissive or to be, you know, light or to make fun of him if he felt that was appropriate. I think he really did take to heart the fact that this very serious person is telling him, look, this is what happened. I'm not saying vaccines cause this. I'm saying that I took a son who seemed absolutely fine and we had him vaccinated. And immediately after the vaccine, he, uh, you know, presented autistic symptoms. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they say. Okay, but having said all of that and introducing new 
uh, polarization to the shell. Um, what does this all mean? What does the convergence mean? Uh, you know, what is this uh, 2020 and winter solstice and uh, Christmas Eve when it all puts together? What 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 are we going to take from it? And when I was uh, thinking about this, I uh, it was obvious because it's what we've been talking about from the start. Um, the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn on many levels can symbolize the yin and yang, um, not the imbalance, but the tension and struggle between the two polar opposites. That is the spark that generates life. Um, there is a reason that we look for, that we need conflict in our films, because that's what drives the story. And it's the same in our lives, as uh, sad as it may be. Um, this year, if it's taught us anything, it's taught us that the illusion of control that we have, whereby if I do this, that will happen. If I go to work, I'll get paid. If I, you know, uh, take care of my health, then I'll be healthy. If I, uh, you know, love my loved ones enough, then they'll be okay, etc., etc. All of these illusions of control that the external situation will remain stable as long as I'm okay and follow the rules were sort of shattered. I think for everyone, uh, in one way or another, some suffering more, some suffering less. But I think nevertheless that this is a very good time for us to learn to let go of that illusion of control and indeed to embrace the fact that the only thing that we really can control is our reaction, our response to the reality around us, to the, the, the surrounding environment that we live in and that we face uh, on a daily basis. And so if, we're, I, if we try to take anything positive <laughs> from this very difficult time in, in, a, in, in modern human history, at least, um, I would like to say that uh, I think we can all take this as a lesson towards balance. Um, seeing the polar opposites and what it causes, seeing, uh, you know, tragedies on one level or another. And uh, if possible, to see what new strengths we can uh, glean from these difficult situations, to find in ourselves, you know, more than we thought we had before, uh, to find in others, and in, in this communal sense, um, the idea that although a lot of the things that we took for granted as being basic necessities have sort of disappeared, and we're left with a situation where a lot of us are less well-off than we were, um, that could actually be also a driving force, a force for new change, a force for getting rid of the old, for changing, for shifting our perception and our uh, mindset on a lot of these things. Um, so, yeah, that was pretty much what I wanted to say. I would like to wish you all uh, a very uh, happy winter solstice, uh, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, uh, New Year, um, uh, all of the entirety but to really hope that you uh, find purpose and meaning in this uh, time and that you find the strength to uh, to weather uh, through it. Um, and I'm uh, pointing those words at myself as well <laughs> to try and take some new strength with me because uh, God knows we need it. Um, yeah, okay, so we've got nine minutes left. Nice. I, I'm just going to go through chat in a minute, but next week I wanted to say, Rondon, correct me if I'm wrong about any of this, <laughs> but next week um, there will be a, a, a New Year party 
that I think MSP Waves is doing in general, right? So I am going to try and find out from Rondon exactly what that means uh, for us, but I'd uh, like to host it uh, during the show as well. So if you're planning on tuning in, uh, make sure you come in your festive outfits, uh, profile pics. And if you're listening, I, I'll i see how it goes. If it's not really interesting, then I might not record it and we'll just uh, we'll skip it. But uh, yeah, it should be just a party with chat, music, fun times, you know, uh, uh, vaccine debates, all the, all the best. Um, so that will be next week. To tell you, it's crazy. I was sure. I, <laughs> it's been a very, very long week and I'm very, very sleep deprived. I've had about three hours of sleep on average for the last four, four days so i'm uh, i'm a little uh, distorted and uh, <laughs> disoriented um i was sure that today was the was the was the 31st just because of uh, last week and i was planning the whole week i was sort of planning that the 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 episode that was going to be on the 31st the end of the year da, da, da. and then today suddenly for no reason i realized obviously that if today is christmas then it can't be the end of the year so I, uh, I started panicking and uh, <laughs> trying to figure out what I was going to do. But it all worked out for the best anyway. So there might not be a recorded uh, episode next week. Um, but there will be the live show. So if you're here anyway and you should uh, come and join, tune in for that. Uh, it should be fun. We'll, we'll all figure out. We'll all find out what it is because I don't know myself. Um and yes, you know what, uh, Archangel Gabriel, we have so many uh, Amanita muscaria growing on our land right now. I have to tell you, uh, it's quite amazing. It's a wonderful mushroom just to, to watch if you've never seen it in the wild. It's so, well, mushrooms in general are just crazy organisms. But uh, yeah, we, we have a bunch uh, growing on our land right now. I'm not yet uh, uh, brave enough to just uh, take them and eat them. Although I've never had them, but uh, you know, we'll see in the future. We'll see what will uh, what will be. It's actually been a very very long time since I've uh, had any psychedelics. To be honest, um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it maybe on another episode. <laughs> we have some more time. Um, okay. Oh, where did vaccines go? Did you go to get ready for the show? Is it is there is um post up afterwards? Rondon, what do we have uh, today? And. Oh, I didn't see Krim here today, right? She wasn't here. Is there a show with Krim? Let me know about the uh, the schedule. Oh, cause I, yeah, for sure. Look, I uh, anyone who is looking to procure, you're more than welcome. We have literally tons every year, and uh, we have nothing to do with them right now. So I think the uh, hog, the, the wild boar probably eats them. No, I don't know. It's very sad when there are mushrooms that sort of grow and then just die and nobody picks them and eats them. We do have edible mushrooms as well that we are picking and eating, um, which is nice. But uh, yeah, let me know, Eileen Honey, if you, uh, yeah. And, and anyone who is uh, in the area would like to drop by, you're more than welcome to come picking yourselves. This is actually the season we've seen them now. Um, MSP is open on holidays, yeah. It's UTC, so, uh, you know, that's why. No. Uh, post up is next. Excellent. Ah, uh, no crim. Okay, but <laughs> absolutely. Oh, family stuff. Understandable. Understandable. Yes, my son is fast asleep. My wife is resting. So uh, this is my uh, family stuff. You're my family, guys. You're the you're the ones who are here for me on my. No, I'm joking. But <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad that I got to uh, come and do the the show today. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's family stuff. Um, okay, but yeah, if you are listening, oh, we, uh, 
if you are listening, then uh, post-up is next. Verified. So vaccines, are you not uh, going to get ready for the show? Are you all uh, good to go? It is you, right? I haven't made that mistake. I don't think so. Um, who's doing the show? Anyway, it should be a good one. I uh, I actually had a post that I wanted to bring, but I, I'll be honest, tonight I am just so tired that I'm really planning on going to sleep pretty soon after this. I usually sit and edit a little bit. Um, after the show, just to get things all ready, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> dead. <laughs> um, so who have put the post that like that? No, it's a it, yeah, it's a great show. I uh, I really hate that it's after me because it's it's like you said as well. You know, if um, if if it wasn't right afterwards, I'd be more. It'd be easier for me to get it as it is when I finish up here. I'm sort of trying to uh, yeah get stuff back. Ah, uh, is that the... Wow, I, I didn't know there was that uh, option, uh, Rondon. No, that was last week's... Oh, so maybe it was last week that I had it. I had a... I had a Because um, these I post on Thursday, so by the time it gets to here, it's six days old. But I had a post on uh, the Eco Village, an update. Completely out of it. Um, yeah, but maybe... Yeah, I guess that was two weeks ago. I have to say, this last week has flown by. A time in general just seems to have picked up such a pace. I do think that it's since becoming a father, I, I, I really feel time going so much more quickly. Do you get that as well? Any of you uh, parents out there? I don't know if any of you are parents. I don't actually know much about <laughs> the listeners who are here every week. I know your handle and your profile pic, um, very, very small, but that's uh, that's about it. Um, yeah, I, I haven't posted. I'll be honest with you, I'm editing a video and it's been a almost 50 days since the last upload and I'm still so far away from finishing it's crazy I've been meaning really meaning to edit the last four days like four nights because I don't have much time during the day and uh <laughs> congratulations and yeah I just cannot find the time to edit it's 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 very disturbing I feel really bad about it but I'm, I'm trying to get back into it it's also there's so much going on and we I don't know if you know, we have a, a this uh, relatively new company that we started, and it's now really kicking into gear. So there's, it's all good stuff. It's all very good, but it's so much work, and we're getting the gravel onto the land. I mean, it's oh my gosh, yeah. So it's crazy busy. I'm hoping, my hope was that sort of the winter solstice and Christmas will be the 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 end of this mad, hectic era that I seem to have found myself in, um, and that hopefully, uh, things will start being a little more sane uh, from now, but I'm uh, I'm not sure. I uh, I hope. Oh, Archangel, what did you post for the first time in months? I, I usually see your reblogs, but uh, yeah, I haven't, I don't know. I, I have to be honest, I'm actually not on Hive every day. I was for a while. Um, I think when I had less to do, or maybe when I was just more uh, to it, but uh, yeah, I just feel like there's so much to be done and uh uh yeah very little time to do it oh my gosh and speaking of which look at the time uh i think this is have to be the end because i'm a little bit over so we'll end a few moments after the song will cut out but uh you'll forgive me right anyway as it is it's been wonderful being here i've been all and have a wonderful new year christmas and wilderness solstice until next week see you